Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Um, music in the house. I'm sure you guys are all aware of this. When the kids are young, they listen to these insanely obnoxious like um, Barney songs. I love you, you, you know, and the kids dialed in on it, and so they're like listening to it, and you are done with it. But you know, it's like the kids entertained, whatever. We'll listen to that song one more time, you know, the little Einstein song, you know. Long as it's not Caillou, right? And oh gosh, dude, that kid is Satan, like bald-headed Satan, man. He is the worst. Oh, Caillou is the most evil of all kids. I think we need to put shirts on, or like. Ki- death to Caillou, death to you know, Caillou. like you know how they have this chair, uh, Guevara or whatever. What's his name? I don't know. Anyways, we'll cut that out. So, anyways, Shara Guevara, <laughs> not Shara. It's not Share. If I could turn back time, no, he's the guy that's that murdered a bunch it. of people. That's making it. <laughs> it's, it's. Anyways, so and then you then you get through that phase, and and the kids start to listen to the music that you listen to, right? Whether it be country, alternative, you know, I'm an alternative guy. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and so I love the Smiths, Depeche Mode, The Cure, all of that stuff. So right? good. My wife doesn't listen to any of it. She loves country music, and so we thought there's diversity in our house. Is that even music? Country? Yeah. Because I want to sleep in the house tonight. Yes, yes, it is music. Did we lose a bunch of the audience because <laughs> I asked that question? No. And so, uh, and there's some good country out there. I'm not talking about I Nashville know. country. Yeah, I, I you know, know, I'm not talking about Luke Bryan and all that other kind of, you know, red dirt, red dirt. No, I'm, I'm talking about like real <laughs> Texas country that talks about good. Anyways, and uh, and now my kids are to the age where they get to choose the music that they like. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going to a baseball game, and my uh, boy, he's like, "Hey, Dad, can I can I uh, put a song on that I, I want to listen to?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not? You know, we'll see what's going on." I had the saddest moment probably in the last 10 years because he hits play and I heard rap. No. And it wasn't 21 Pilot rap, which is, I, li- I like 21 Pilots. Yeah, I'm like, those are actually Those really guys good. are good. They're solid. I love what they're singing about. It is like. It wasn't like Lecrae. No, like no, no. It was just junk. And, and, and I'm sorry if you love rap. Cool. All more power to you, whatever you know. I'm respecting you, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna respect you, and I'm gonna you know, uh, I want a relationship with you because I feel like there's a, a greater light that I can lead you to, <laughs> away from. But anyway, start here. We move forward <laughs> right, from here. Right, love people where they're at. But he and he is and I, right, as we've gone into it, and I'm like going, and it is the hardest thing for me because there is absolutely nothing in me that resonates with it, that gets it, that enjoys it, that tolerates it. Nothing. And I'm and so in, in my heart of hearts, I'm I, I had this gut check moment. I'm like, I could ban this from the house. Mm-hmm. Like I banned flat bill hats at my house. I banned it. That you can even ask really? my kids today. Wow. I was like, there's three ways to wear your hat. All right, and it all better have a bent bill. You can wear it forward, you can bear it, wear it backwards, or you can wear it on the countertop. Those are the three places you, three can wear places hat, you can right? wear your hat. You can't wear it sideways. You can't wear flat. Anyways, that's a whole that's a whole nother <laughs> soapbox that I don't want to get onto right now. But I hate flat bill hats. Anyways, but I respect those that I like. I don't look good in them, so I, <laughs> I just wear my. I'm a fat guy already. Why do I want to? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that accentuates my my fat head. Anyways. 
So, and I had this gut check moment of where I'm going, what do I do? You know, this kid loves this stuff, and somehow, some way, it's speaking to him. It's resonating with him. He's digging it. How do I? And my first reaction, obviously, ban it. Turn that crap off. Turn it off. Not going to happen in my house. Not under my watch. Right? The foot's going down. <laughs> the foot's going down. Um, which would just put him into hiding, which then means I could no longer speak into the music he's listening to and help him create boundaries because regardless of genre, there's crap out there. Oh, of course. You know? Um, but to help him process through some of the things that they're talking about in some of this music. Um, and, and so finally I came to the realization while he was playing baseball and I was sitting there still fuming during the entire game going, all right. I don't like this, but it's not my choice. Hmm. I've got to help my kid navigate this um, and and learn, you know, the boundaries of it. What's gonna what he's going to allow and to speak into his life, and what he's not going to allow to speak into his life, even though it's something that I absolutely don't like. So you like you you really saw the value of not putting a wall up there. Correct. Correct. It almost felt like, and maybe I'm looking from the outside because I am, because I'm not. I wasn't there, so it wasn't like I was looking from the Has outside. Has that not happened with you was. with your kids yet? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. And I think I can think of a of a ton of pl- times when I failed at that. Oh yeah. And then I can think about those few those few times when I think I did pretty good, and 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 what I what I kept hearing God tell me was like, you didn't put a wall up there. That was good. You you built a bridge instead of putting a wall up. Ooh, I like that. And so so it was me allowing allowing an opportunity to speak the next time. So maybe I didn't like it now. And it wasn't like I was timid, like, oh, well, I really wish you wouldn't. It was like, <laughs> no, because because it's like, it's that same thing. It's the wet paint sign. And I'm going to put this wet paint sign here. If you put a wet paint sign on a door, at least, I, I don't know I don't know percentages because 85% of st- <laughs> statistics are made up. I heard it was 95%, I'm gonna whatever. Say, I'm going to say at least 50% of them are going to do some kind of that little, like, tap. Oh, absolutely. Like, just to see if it's tacky. Absolutely. And and so so you have... You've kind of put yourself in a, in a predicament of going, don't do that. And then it's like, ooh, this became more fun than it was five minutes ago. Right. There's that defiant spirit. Right. So we have an opportunity again. We have an opportunity to go, am I going to build a bridge or am I going to build a wall in front of my kid with whatever is going on? In right. There? So the bigger issue, and this one came to us on Facebook. So thanks. Uh, I believe Carl sent this one to us on Facebook. Um, the question is, how do Carl. we... Carl. Um, how Sorry, do we I didn't encourage? Mean, I didn't mean to be mean to Carl, but like, <laughs> it made me think of uh, Yes Man, and he's like, "Hey, um, so you can." So he shortens his name, and then yeah. he said, "You can call me Ka," and he goes, "Well, your name's already got four letters in it, so <laughs> Doesn't you can just call you Carl." <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Um, so, anyways, uh, and if it wasn't Carl, that's okay. But the, the basic question is like, how do you encourage the strength in your child? Like it's something that your child is is strong in that may be absolutely driving you crazy. And an example that I thought of was um, one of my kids is, is a, a thinker, man. They like to think. They like to wrestle with things. They like to... Um, it was Billy. It was Billy. Billy. I like that name. Or Buh. Buh. <laughs> Sorry. Buh. But anyways, how do you encourage the strength in a kid when it's absolutely driving you wild or driving you crazy, you know, because of personality conflicts or whatever else? And the, the, the idea that I had was one of my kids is a deep thinker. They love to debate. They love to argue. They love to push back. My, I'm terrified they're going to go the other political party than I am, and we're just not going to have Thanksgiving together ever. But anyways, I respect them. Absolutely. And I love them. Absolutely. <laughs> respect and, was the last podcast. Right. So. And, and, and what I realized was when they're pushing back, I can either kill that 
Because there's something inside of them that loves to wrestle with questions and loves to get, and, and it's coming out in maybe not the best way. It's coming out through our arguments and through debate. So I could either kill that or I can invest in it and cultivate it so that what the foundation and what's behind it can actually get roots and grow. Because chances are there's something that God has uniquely gifted them in with that, that if I kill it, I'm the one that's playing God now, and I'm actually destroying the child that God gave me to train up so that they would follow him. You know, it's, it, I know that um, a lot of times my wife will get the, oh, your daughter looks just like you, your son looks just like you. And, uh, and it's so cool that, that sadly, that my son has to look like me. No, he's, he's a handsome <laughs> dude. Sad. He's a handsome devil. Um, but the, the thing is, just because they look like us doesn't mean that they are us. Yes. And so we've, we've taken this idea that, well, since he, it, maybe not even on the surface, but we said, well, I, I want him to act like me. I want him to look like Heck me. Heck yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest. We're pretty darn good. We are. Pretty I mean, let's be I mean <laughs> six billion men in the world and our wives chose us. Yeah. We're doing just fine. Yeah. Poor them. I know. Poor them. Pray for them. But, but you know, I remember having a conversation uh, years ago. Um, we had had this, like, overnight, no, overnighter kind of thing in one of the youth groups that I was helping out in. And um, there were a bunch of guys, and they had to go to football practice the next day. And, and they didn't want to go. But it wasn't even just that because, you know, we had the weekend. It was fun. And I said, do you guys not want to go because, because you know, just the weekend or what? Just kind of getting a feel. Cause, you know, it's 1130 yeah. at night. Yeah. Guys are being real. They're talking. We're all kind of hanging out. You know, they're all laid out on, you know, uh, on, the, on like the floor and then their sleeping bags, just taking it easy, all talking. And, um, and so it's just kind of a chill, chill moment and just kind of said this question of like, do you guys like playing football? And there was this awkward silence for literally – a minute and a half. Yeah. And they were all looking at each other going, are you going to say it? 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 And then finally one of them just said, no, I, I don't like football. And I'm like, well, why do you do it? And he said, well, because my dad wants me to. Oh. And I was like, oh. And so for me, that was a teaching moment because, you know, my son was young at the time. So it was a good teaching moment for me to go, I want to listen to my son. Like I want to listen to his heart and see where he's at and not make him the way I want him to be, right? Which I'd right. be fine if he played football. I mean, that'd be awesome, you know. And stands, oh, that's my boy, you know. Or, or it wouldn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at all. Um, and so, so instead of me going, I need you to fit into this paradigm that I've set up for you. It's me going, what makes you tick? What makes you come alive? And again, being a student of our kids, and going, what makes you uniquely you, and not not me? And and what you know. Even in that, it's, it, it's trying to work through, okay, I've been wounded this way, so therefore, whether it's through a parent or a social circle or someone that said, you're not good enough, so now I'm going to have my kid live, live oh. that desire through, you know, li almost li live, live my desire yeah. through your kid. Oh, dude, it happens. I mean, we in Texas, Allen, Texas, suburb of Texas, we have a $65 million high school football stadium. It's crazy. You don't think the pressure... For our kids, our young boys in our in our community to grow up and be football players is not overwhelming for them at some point, you know. Yeah. And and then you have the cheer team and the cheer squad, and you have the families that the moms that are vicariously living through their daughters, and you have these eight year old, nine year old girls going into beauty pageants, and they look like twenty year old models, you know. And you're like going, man, they're they're a kid. 
And and yeah. you can see it all the time. And man, every one of us. And I, here's the here's the challenge. I love to look at others and go, oh, look at how bad they are. Oh, I can't yeah. believe they would do that. Instead of taking a moment to pause, hold up the mirror, and go, how am I doing that with my kids? Yeah, I think that's the bigger thing. It's not so much, um, you know, us pointing fingers because I've I mess up my own kids still. You know, what I'm saying I'm still yeah. here going. You know, I'm even right now. It's making me examine how am I causing him to to live through me with that like how, how am i vicariously trying to live through my child mm-hmm. um and, and and put some kind of false pressure on him you know i i've got to keep bringing that to jesus like i don't you know even god i want to acknowledge that i'm probably screwing my kid up somehow so help <laughs> me to not screw my kid up this isn't this isn't again this is a conversation of i don't have this together yet but it's guarding my thought process from from minute one when i get up to go today i'm not going to Right. Pressure my kid to be me, the the me that I wanted to be, or to not make the same mis- mistakes or decisions that I made. Because, you know, if I had decided something else in eighth grade, I might be a football superstar. The reality is, you would never be a superstar. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, dude, I, I think that that's huge. And so, I think w- the thing that we're talking about is the idea. Of, first off, the behavior that you're seeing or the behavior that's being exhibited to you is not the issue. Or, or not that that may be what what is challenging to you, and that may be what is annoying you, and that may be what is is fingernails on a chalkboard for you. The challenge is to be an adult and to look what's behind it. You know, so what is it that's really motivating it? So again, going back to the the child that debates all the time, they're coming out and they're always challenging, always challenging, always challenging, always challenging, and that is frustrating as a parent. I totally get it, man. We're yeah. exhausted. We don't want to be challenged. But if I take a step back, they're actually being motivated not because they love to challenge and not because they love to bring, you know, a dissension or bring chaos into the family. They're actually motivated by something deeper, and that's this inquisitive mind of like saying, "No, I I really want to know why. Like I really want to know why. Yeah, like why they are curious. Yeah, there, there's a curiosity there. They've never been there before. And so we we instead of answering, maybe what I've learned is. Ask the question back to them. Okay. You know? and, and so they'll ask me a question. I was like, it's a great question. What do you think? And all of a sudden, it has transformed that kind of conversation, those kind of very tense moments, because I'm actually unlocking the very thing that they don't know how to unlock themselves yet. They just know to ask the question. But because I'm asking it back to them, now they're starting to learn how to unlock. Oh, wait a second. I do have acquisitive mind. I do have some ideas and thoughts on this. And I do want to share these. I just don't know how to share them without creating these very awkward, tense moments of, I disagree with you, so I'm going to challenge you on everything that you say. So instead of building a wall, you're building a bridge. Yeah, I guess so. I'm cultivating instead of killing. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that's keeping it simple. It's not here's the steps or here's the right phrases. And there might be some right phrases. But I think even here conceptually is, have I built walls with my kids that I need to tear down right now? So I need to go to go into their room and go, hey, you know what? So, yeah, tell me, how do, how do I tear down those walls? I, th- I think having a normal conversation, like a very frank conversation with them. Because if you get frank conversations with them, it then helps them learn how to have frank conversations with their spouses and with their friends. Right. And it changes the paradigm again. Because they're looking to us for, the, for that kind of leadership. They're looking to us to show them what, the, what that looks like. So if we can go in and go, hey, this is going to be awkward. We're, stepping again, stepping into the awkward again. It's more right. than stepping in the awkward of going, let's... Let, let's begin to tear down this idea that, hey, you know, I might have put this pressure on you. Be very, very, be very frank with me. You know what? I might have put this pressure on you to do this. What do you want to do? Right. Like, what, 
what wow. makes you come alive? You know, Dude, I okay. So um, I'm uh, we are dealing with this as a family in a huge way, but it's between my wife and I, because my wife is an amazing, very loyal, very very amazing, strong woman um, of she's God. She's awesome. And I don't know how she, you scored she's a great, that. I'm just gonna be real with you. <laughs> I'll tell you the story someday. <laughs> but it what's a gigum? Dart. And it, it involves gigum uh, and darts in a bar in downtown Houston. That's all I'm saying. It's a good day. Um, and. I happen to lose at both of those, but anyways, <laughs> um, but 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 she will um, she will often uh, she she's adverse to conflict, so she doesn't particularly like conflict. But often to have deep conversations uh, about. So we're trying to figure out: um, Do we need to move? Do mm-hmm. should we move? And how do we process through that? And that's a very tough conversation to have because we love where we currently live. We love the families. We love the community. We love everything else. And what I'm realizing is I. Uh, I can unintentionally impose my will on her, and she will just go along to get along, even though really deep down she doesn't necessarily want to. And one of the guys from the cigar shop, uh, his name's Joe. He's a plumber. He, he, phenomenal wisdom. Joe the plumber? The, Joe the plumber. Yeah, not that Joe the plumber. Oh, a awesome. different Joe the plumber. Um, and he, he called me up one day. He goes, dude, I just got to tell you this. He goes, you somehow have to create space for your wife to share what she's really thinking because she will probably tell you what you want to hear just to get along even though three months, five months, seven months down the road, what she really was thinking will eventually come out, but it'll come out in a negative way. And Mm. I think that is huge for, for developing that, again, building that space for our kids to have them share what they're really thinking and not just tell you what you want to hear. Right, yeah, yeah. just to get along, to get along, and because that's not building a relationship, that's building positional leadership, not um, uh, permissional leadership. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, doing that, and I think one of the phrases that uh, we use a lot is "call the elephant out in the room." Yeah. Call yeah. the elephant out in the room. And so going back to your illustration, going into the bedroom, realizing something, there's a wall between you and your kid. Call that out. Like call it out because they know it. They yeah. may not be able to identify it. They may not know where it's coming from, but they know there's something that's dividing you guys. And so you walk into that room, stepping into the awkward, I love that, and saying, okay, I know the last few conversations we've had haven't gone well. And I know that I've been a part of that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't know how to get around that, but I do know that I want to have great conversations with you, not just tomorrow, but when you're 20 and 30 and when you have, you know, like life, yeah. you know, uh, and that's what I want to have. And so I'm going to call out the elephant right now. We need to figure out how to communicate better. And, and so let's figure this out. Now, that's not going to work with a five-year-old, you know, but that will work with an 11, 12, 15, 18-year-old. Um, and it's that humility to come in, and that's the hard part, particularly as dads, the humility to come in and say, I'm a part of the problem as well. And we need to figure this out and fix this. I can't fix it on my own. You can't fix it on your own. The way it's currently going is not sustainable nor desirable. So how do we figure this out? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because you said as, as a young kid, especially under seven before all the synapses grow out in their brain and, and self-awareness. Yeah, 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 all that kind of everything else. You're literally, as you go in there and say that, hey, you know, and we may not have to be like, hey, now, now Timmy, this is a little awkward. But we just may need to say, hey, you know, we begin to actually have the frank conversation of, hey, if daddy said something, you know, did daddy say anything, you know, 
or 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 even to say, hey, you know, I didn't mean to say what I said to a five-year-old, and I'm coming down just like humility, greatest example of Jesus, to humble himself to come into our world to die yeah. on the cross. But then for us to just kneel down and go, hey, you know what? We had we had that talk, and do you do you like baseball? No, Daddy, I like to draw. Okay, let's talk about that then. We don't have to sit there and go, you know, I feel like we had a really awkward conversation as a five-year-old. Yeah, because a five-year-old's going to go, awkward. Awkward. No clue how to spell no cl- it, no yeah, how to exactly. say it. Exactly. And so I think the younger, they see the grace immediately. They, they, they see and they give grace immediately. Right. The, the older, it may be walking into that room and going, hey, we're at odds right now. I love you, but I want to do, I, I, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you. And I love you. And they'll give you that kind of weird front. And they still are like bound up. And you're like, so I love you. So I want to talk to you. See you later. Right. Almost like, and you walk away and right. leave it in their lap. Right. Because right. they need to process, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that gives them authority. And that gives them, um, th- that gives them power. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it comes from a, si- a, a position of powerlessness that they start to react in these negative ways. Okay. So I'm always looking for illustrations. Push back on this one. When you're dealing with a younger kid, it's more like dealing like a, with a dog. And I mean that in a good way, yeah. in the sense that you could treat a dog horribly, and nine out of ten times they're going to come back to you the next day and be like, "You're the best guy yeah. in the world. Let's like go the, for a walk." Ah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And little kids are kind of like that. Older kids are a little bit more like cats. Yeah, that's that's a good. One. I hate cats. I don't want to eat that. <laughs> right, right. They have these own opinions. They have their own thoughts. They have these own emotions. And it, it's more of you have to entice them into this conversation, entice them into this relationship, rather than they're just that loyal dog that's going to be there in a heartbeat because you showed up and you're the superhero when you walk in the door. Yeah, it's kind of like so. If you are, if your kid's like a cat, just get rid of them. <laughs> Remember, guys, spay and neuter your cats and dogs. <laughs> Bob Barker. Bob Barker. <laughs> oh dear, is the Price is Right. But I, I think that's. <laughs> I think it's us uh, listening to them, and again, being a student of our kids, being a student of our kids, yeah. seeing seeing what makes them tick, and then finding ways to cultivate who they are, not who we desire them to be. Kind of walking in that. So having these conversations. But if you're already there, going, it's been eight years, and I've pushed them to do all these things. You know, I I, I had a buddy of mine, and and. Um, he did this really, really good. His name is Will. And so he did this really good because we were having a conversation and there was a year that, and he's like a big football player, man. He is great. He's like, he's the who I want to be when I come back in my, in my, in my glorified state, you know, big and strong and right. tall. And, um, and his I want to come back as Jack Black. Is that a problem? No, that's fine. Okay. And it's totally great. Um, and, uh, and Will, you know, he came in one day and said, you know, my son wanted to, take a year off of football Mm. now most dads would be like no you're losing it you you are you have lost all of this you have you have you're going to destroy your future right ninth grader right (laughs) right you're going to be behind one year what college scout is going to look at you for anything you failed and he wanted to play basketball and the dad was like okay and maybe it was a 30-second conversation, but what I saw was a dad who heard the heart of his kid. Yeah. Who who's who's whose dad was a big football guy, you know, played played for a D1 school, all that stuff. And his dad could have easily said, No, 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 you need to do this. But his dad said, No problem, take the time. And he heard his son. He heard the he heard the heart of his son and said, It's okay. Because he's not me. 
It may not be who he's called to be, and, and maybe we've pushed him this far, but he didn't. Now his son plays, I think he, he, plays, fo- he plays football again. But it's but, his choice. But it's his choice. And his dad listened to him. Yep. So I think that was a very crucial element in this child's growth of going, my dad heard me. Now, he might not have ever said that and said, okay, my dad heard my voice. <laughs> but what he did hear is like, my dad's for me. Right. My dad's not against me. me. Exactly. Which is huge. So in this, it's, no, you're, it's knowing that your kids know that you're for them. Right. It's probably the bigger part of this than, than what do they do next. So I think yeah. that's, that's it's listening to your child. It's laying it out there. It's going, as we've had these awkward conversations, how do we move from, okay, I've, I'm seeing that I maybe have raised my kid to be me, and now I've got to stop, and there's a little, little bit of catch up. You know, it's, it's funny. As we cast this on the Father and go, God, give, me, give my child grace. Help me to walk in with, with, with humility and love and grace and say, wow, we, we've been at odds for a few years. What, what, is, what is going on? Or, you know, if I've pushed you to something, forgive me. Right. And leave it there. And let them take the option. Don't, you, you can't demand forgiveness. Right. So then let them have that. And you're going, well, no, that's my kid. Okay, well, if you want to be a positional leader the rest of your life, positional father, that's fine. You're, that, that's your call. But for you to be a permissional father, to, to walk in this and listen to the heart of your child and go, I'm going to leave this for you because... When you, when you want to receive this forgiveness or you want to you give me forgiveness, I'm here ready. Right. Uh, and then kind of move on from there. And then, and then you get the chance to, and again, we're fixers. Dads are fixers, man. With some breaks, we want to oh, fix yeah. it. And, and, and we want to do that with our kids. We want to do that with, with relationships. But ultimately, what I've noticed with my oldest daughter is she is now coming to me. And not because I've not nailed this. This is new concepts to me. I've stumbled yeah. into this. But she's coming to me, and she's now asking for the, the, the matrix or the what are the questions I need to ask to make the decision. Not, yeah. hey, Dad, what would you do? And it, it's not, hey, uh, Dad, what should I do? It's like, hey, um, help, me, help me figure out. I, I got this big decision coming up. What, what do I do with this? You know, uh, my second daughter, she wanted to do, um, she had one period and she had an elective and she didn't know if she wanted to do theater. She didn't know if she wanted to do uh, choir or she didn't know if she wanted to do something else. Art, art. And it was like stressing her out, like losing hair, stressing out, crying at night, stressing her out, freaking out. And I could have walked in and said, sweetheart, you're really gifted at theater. You should do theater. And then she could have hid behind that, made that decision, and then either used me as an excuse for why it was miserable yeah. or become dependent on me to make all those decisions. And instead, what I, what I did um, was I, I said, okay, well, um, I think you need to go through a, a process. You know, What are the pros and cons on each of these? Like, why are you feeling motivated to do X, Y, and Z? Well, because my, my friends in theater, they, they really like me, and I don't want to let them down. Oh. Well, how do you think life goes if you live your life trying to not let other people down all the time? Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be miserable. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. So, you know, and, and, and start to walk through some of those questions. And then, you know, I was like, so what you need to do tonight, just write down your decision and then go to sleep. Then wake up in the morning, pray about it, come back to that decision. And if you feel at peace, if you still feel good about it, roll with it. And you know what? It's just a year. It's one class. It's like a semester. It's like a, yeah, it's one class. And, uh, you know, she still cried a lot, and she still had tears of sorrow and pain and 
and I know that she has a lot of counseling ahead of her because I'm her dad. But anyways, I think that's kind of what we're talking about is taking pausing, taking yeah. our own ego out of it, our own projection out of it yeah. and saying my job is to uh, build a bridge with my kid. My job is to cultivate my kid, um, and uh, I'm one who's called to bring life, not death, into the situation. Yeah. And it's hard, man. It's it, 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 it's hard. Um, and if if we're stressed at work, if we're stressed at home, if we're stressed about our football team that's sucking right now or whatever it is, those things become even more difficult. But it's worth it if you can power through it. You know, and I even say find find the avenue in which that language works. You know, talk, so so some of you may be like, man, I can't just storm into my kid's room because it's wicked awkward. That's from Boston, wicked awkward. <laughs> Thank and, you for uh, the translation. I do appreciate that. And so, uh, but it may be writing them a letter, something they can read over and over again. It may be a text message. Yeah, a dude, text. I, I'm I'm telling you, man, I have some of the best communications with my kids through text messages right now. Yeah, and and see, and if we start at the text, then we can move to the conversation later because they will talk about it. But it's opening that that. That bridge up again, not going the direction you want it to be done, being a student, your kid, and going because we do, we do live in a world where kids barely talk to each other anymore. It's funny. I have this one this one kid that does stuff with us at our at our church, and uh, and he has called on the. I called him one time on the phone. I called him, and he was like, "Uh, hello." <laughs> like he's never used the phone before, ever. And so so then you know so. It, it, it's knowing the language of your kid, too. Right. Again, being being a student. And you're like, man, it's a lot of stuff. It's not really. It's just listening. And you'll see it really quick. You love your kids. And we know you love your kids. So now it's a matter of being a student of your child and going, how does my kid tick? How does my child, you know, uh, uh, process information? How does my child do life? You know, are they... Are they you know, do we have a good relationship? Do I need to do I need to amend those? Do I need to break down some of those walls that I've put up and expectations of you're going to do this and this and this and this and this? And you find like they're nothing like me. They're not organized like me. They don't they don't they don't talk like me. They don't act like me. They may look like me, but they are not me. Right. And so then trying to find out how you can build more bridges and less less walls with with your child. Two things as we wrap up. One, don't be afraid to circle back. Don't be afraid to circle back. And what I mean by that is in the heat of the moment, there's always emotions involved, and emotions can become very destructive and very nasty very quick. Don't be afraid to, after the emotions have settled down, after the decision's been made, after the moment has passed, a day or two later to circle back. Because when you circle back, you know what you're telling them? I love you enough to remember that this moment was important to you, and I still want to process it with you, and I want to learn from you who you are. And so circle back with them. Ask the question, hey, um, that decision you made a few days ago, what would you learn about yourself? How do you feel about it now? You know, to, to do that. Now, we do that in the business world all the time. We have hot washes or whatever, whatever your organization calls it when you have a post-mortem where the event Throw has down. happened. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. When the event has happened, you have to come back and do the evaluation. We can do the same thing with our kids where we circle back and have that conversation. The sec second thing that I, I would encourage them is uh, 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 when you're having that conversation, don't be afraid to ask this, this simple question, man. What do you hear me saying? That's big. What do you hear me saying? Yeah. Because often what I think I'm communicating, I'm not communicating. And giving them permission to tell you what they actually hear you saying gives uh, it, it, it 
transforms that, that kind of conversation at that point. So don't be afraid to go back in the middle of a conversation. I had this with my boy on Monday, man. He, he struck out twice, and he was so ticked, man. He was just mad. And so I was giving him the dad talk, you know, about, you know, perseverance and all that other stuff. And finally at the end of it, I was like, what do you, what do you, I've been talking for 20 minutes. What did you hear me say? And, and it devastated me because the thing I was trying to say, I was not saying. Mm-hmm. And So uh, he heard the exact opposite. Well, he, yeah, I, I, because, I, yeah, he heard the exact opposite. So then I was like, pause. Okay, this is what I was trying to say. Dude, you're not defined by strikeouts. Yeah. You know, you're, you're more important to that team than getting a hit every single time you're up there. The weight of the world's not on your shoulders. You know, and, 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 and so those would be words of encouragement for you guys to, you know, become a student of your kid. Make sure that you identify what's behind the issue that you're currently dealing with and the wall that may be currently built or being built. And, uh, man, take some time to, to, to call out the elephant in the room in humility and uh, get to know your kid and get to know how they tick. Good stuff. Cultivate. Don't kill. Build bridges, not walls. Love it. Easier said than done. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org. 